Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So in week 15, 13 teams to this point, we still have two, two games tonight, 13 teams scored 20 points or less in week 15. Welcome back to Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Bad offense is what we're seeing. And there's a lot of blame to go around here. But Paul, it, it's not the offensive league that that I thought we were going to see but bouncing off of what was 2020. And we saw some great scoring numbers last year. If you look at the top, the, the elite teams, which includes Kansas City and Green Bay this year, they're not as elite as they were last year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, but statistically... They're not. We, we saw Kansas City go through a phase where many were predicting they wouldn't even make the postseason. Um, and, and then last week in particular, I'm just – I'm watching these games. And I'm, I'm one who – I'm glued to these games. Like, I'll sit and watch Houston and Jacksonville and not be miserable, uh, as crazy as that sounds. Now, that was on red zone. But you get my point. If the NFL's on, I'm, I'm attracted to watching the game. Uh, but if you think about what we saw – in week 15, it's hard to argue against the fact that defense is coming back to the middle and offense is dropping down. And I, I don't know specifically why we're seeing it, but I'm interested, Paul, to get your theories because COVID's playing a factor in these rosters. Um, and, and and so is the 17-game schedule because we're seeing, I think, uh, even more lack of participation in practice. Uh, timing and rhythm injuries have played a big factor early in seasons for a lot of teams, including the Tennessee Titans scorings down Tampa Bay was shut out. New Orleans won a game, no touchdown Titans and Steelers scored a touchdown each. The Cardinals look completely lost and discombobulated. Um, they never got off the bus. It seemed the Falcons struggled to get in the end zone. They had the ball three times inside the 10 and did not come away with points, uh, with, with touchdowns. The Giants did not score a touchdown. No surprise. But again, they're facing Dallas, and Dallas's offense was nothing uh, in particular great against the Giants' defense. The Patriots were shut out for most of their game against the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night, and we saw very uncharacteristic turnovers from them. Browns and Raiders combined for three touchdowns in their game. Monday night football between the Bears and Vikings featured a whopping combined 26 points in that game. The average total points combined in games for week 15 is 39 as we go into tonight's games. 39 points combined. And if you subtract out defensive scores or special team scores, that number is even lower. But Paul... The NFL average this season is 46 points per game combined. This past weekend, we saw 39. So that's eight. We saw eight points less across the board than what we're even used to seeing in a down offensive year. And it's a, it's due to injuries. It's due to COVID. It's due to more than that. Bad offensive line play. This week alone, there were 65 sacks 
across the league. There were 36 turnovers. I mean, the Titans really helped out in that category, but there were 36 turnovers. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm thinking in, in, in the lines of, okay, the Titans' offense looked really bad. How bad are they? The answer is they're about on par for the rest of the half the league if you really sit down and look at it. And it's not all bad teams that are turning it over at a clip that we're not used to seeing. Kansas City went through it. We saw New England do it this past week. The Titans have a huge issue with hanging on to the football. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm not saying there's anything to panic about here, but it's not like we're watching the greatest season in what is the longest season in the history of the NFL, and it will be because it's 17 regular season games. It doesn't make the, – the extra game doesn't add quality to the game because the quality, quite frankly, is really down. I hadn't really thought about it until this week and until you framing it. A couple things that I think chip away at it. Mahomes has not had nearly the year – and Kansas City has shifted from an offensive team to a defensive team. Yes. If you look at this week, there so far has only been one 300-yard passer. It's Mahomes, had 410 yards. The second best, most productive quarterback this week, Mac Jones at 299. So there's not even a second 300-yard passer. Third, Justin Fields at 285. Mac Jones and Justin Fields are not real offensive no. juggernauts. Then you get to Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. And it's not like the run game. We were talking about it during the break here. It's picked up the slack. Jonathan Taylor had 170. But then listen to these backs. Craig Reynolds on Detroit had 112. I didn't know Craig Reynolds. I didn't know there was another Reynolds on Detroit besides Josh. Uh, Jeff Wilson on San Francisco, 110. They're piecing it together with a lot of different backs. Deontay Foreman here in Nashville had 108. Duke Johnson, who you said, you know, this was his first 100-yard game, was, 107. Yeah. He's played a lot of games. Um, a lot of the better teams in football, New England is the number one scoring defense. Buffalo and Dallas tied for second. Arizona is fifth. New Orleans is sixth. Seattle, we just talked about, is fourth. They're not very good. Dallas is seventh. So that was a bundle. Tampa Bay's top in scoring. Dallas is two. The Colts are three. The Rams are four. But somebody as good as Green Bay is only 14th. Um, you know, so I don't really know how to explain it. I think there's been – it's a little bit disjointed with some of the COVID stuff more recently. Um, and, you know, we're getting to that time of year where the big scoring stuff slows slows itself down a little bit by the nature of it. Um, and I think there are some some defenses that are growing and getting better. Kansas City chief amongst them. Locally, we see the Titans who have gotten much better um, on defense and much worse on offense. That's an offensive injuries have contributed there and defensive team building ha has contributed there. But I, I don't know what it is. Well, and I think part of this is the, the, the cream of the crop, the elite teams this year are not nearly as close to being as elite as what we've seen at the top of the NFL. Point being, you have to go back all the way to 2014 to find a team that lost more than three regular season games. Uh, and, and, and before that, it was 2002. Saying like to the, find the best team the in the league. The elite team of the league that was lost always more better. than... It was always better. They lost three games or less. They were 13 wins. And teams. if you look up top now, I mean... They, 
you're finding teams with a lot of flaws. Packers could do it. Yeah. Um, and you're, again, like it's it's not it's not common to see the top of the league as down as what we've seen. I mean, in the A in the AFC, Kansas City's got four losses. Everybody else has at least five. In the NFC, Green Bay's got three losses. Dallas, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Rams have four. Rams still haven't played this week. Everybody else has at least six. I mean, it's entertaining because it, it's jam-packed going in with three games to play. I mean, the league wants this parody and wants this uh, drama to unfold because right now, and I, I don't think I was saying this last year, right now you could take, um, who's the 12 seed? Cleveland. A health, you get Baker Mayfield back with Nick Chubb. They're the 12th seed in the AFC. And I, I could sit here and, and rightfully say they could compete with the three seed Tennessee Titans or the two seed New England Patriots based on what Easily. we saw in, in New England. That's the 12th seed um, with three games to play. Um, it, it, top to bottom, I think we're, we're seeing entertaining football. I'm entertained when I watch it. And there is no perfect game. So many people want to point to a fumble being a, a, a huge issue. It's not. But it's a recurring issue over and over for a lot of teams that we haven't routinely seen make the same mistakes over and over if you're seated at the top of your division. I guess that's my point. Which I, makes it more compelling. So I, I think maybe that's why division, I haven't been thinking along those division lines. Division leaders are more average more than expected. Right? And there's yeah. no... there's a. I mean, I, there's no better way to describe the NFL in 2021 than what we're seeing in the AFC North right now. That that division, like it, to me, it exemplifies what we're seeing across the league. And who doesn't like it? I mean, maybe if you're a fan of one of those teams, you're not enjoying it. But Cincinnati's eight and six, Baltimore's eight and six, Pittsburgh seven six and one, and Cleveland seven and seven. And they're probably out of it because of the the structure of the whole. I mean, Miami's seven and seven, and uh, you know, uh, because of the structure of the whole AFC. But who doesn't like a division that looks like that? Yeah, I, I mean, and where it flips on a game. I, I think there are there are people who want more solid, like week in week out, good play, like good football. I don't know if every game or half the games feature like a a great game where people leave and say, you know what, that was a great game. There are close games, and then there are blowouts, and there's sloppy play in between. Uh, but we've that, seen a pretty that's good share happen. of that's, pretty good yeah, games. That, that's going to happen year to year. I think we're seeing more of it. This year, again, I say I think because I haven't looked that stat up. But I will also say this. I think we're headed into a, a postseason where, as you look at the wild swings that teams have gone through, we are headed into a postseason, Paul, where any team can win this thing. And and I like for the, I don't know if I've ever felt this firm about the seven seed contending for a Super Bowl. I think or anybody the but the seven seed winning. in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think uh, a Minnesota or New Orleans. New yeah, but the, Orleans uh, the can't se- win it. It, let's hypothetically say the Chargers get the seven seed in the they AFC. They could win it. They could absolutely go on a run with absolutely. their quarterback and do it. I think out of the fourteen teams, thirteen of them will be capable of winning the whole thing. I think the seventh seed in the NFC is not going to be uh, on par with the other thirteen teams. Yeah, and, which I mean, is great. I mean, that's pretty good. Thirteen out of fourteen. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I mean. But I, I think it's a, I think it's wide open. Like I, I think week to week, you're just looking to get in. That's why I don't think it's about as much of 
winning, this may sound crazy, winning the division. Um, this year we've seen, I don't know what the record is now, road teams are winning nearly half the same amount of games as home teams I are haven't winning. seen an update on it lately, but it's been roughly it, 50-50 I know over the course you, of the I know the you want home field advantage. Like There is an advantage there. Well, we said you don't that. want to go on the road for three. For three. Three is exhausting. Right. But you could go on the road for two and, and be, be okay. And the battle for the one seed is crucial because you get the bye. That is a massive advantage for a team. But hosting a game this year, I mean, I, I don't know if there there's a true home field advantage in the NFL this year. Because week after week through like 5 through 12, Paul, we were going back and forth and looking at the, the numbers of uh, the records for home team versus away team. And it was about 50-50. Really? About a 500 is. record. I, I mean, it's even affecting, uh, you know, it's finally started to show up in the point spreads more it's it's not as much of a a nudge in a point spread and, and uh, i mean as it uh, used to be. john brought up the afc north and he sees baltimore winning that division i do not i i would contend it really doesn't matter who wins that division if the second team's getting a wild card i'll take baltimore on the road i'll take cincinnati on the road cincinnati's, cincinnati's won all their games on the road, on the road. they've only won two games at home yep like i i think no, that'd be nice for the city of cincinnati to get a home sure yeah game. yeah and I, i'm not I'm not trying to say that it doesn't factor in and a team wouldn't want to play for home field advantage in, in round one. That, that You would. You would want to host a game. My point is, I, I see teams that can go on the road and get it done the postseason no matter where they're playing. I, I, uh, I agree entirely. I, I'm, uh, I'm a little anxious for the postseason now that we're, we're this close. But there's a, a lot to shake out still. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty remarkable if you think about it. Like the Titans – that had this insurmountable lead that uh, is not so insurmountable anymore. Um, Are they feeling in coming up? Let's discuss the, the vibe you were out there today. And I know it's a condensed week. They don't have time to really feel much pressure because they, I don't even know if they watch the film of what happened in Pittsburgh, but the scenario last week has played itself out to where if they're going to feel pressure and feel a little heat, this is the week, this is the week to do that because Indy keeps winning the Titans are losing. I think they're fortunate the last four. in the regard you're talking about. I, th- I think they watched film of the Steelers game on their way back, they did. Um, and and then discussed it early and and then flushed it. Flushed it's been a frequent word over the last five weeks for them. Three <laughs> three of the games over the five weeks, including the including the bye. Um, they they've got to. I mean, a Jags was a good win over a bad team, but they got to beat somebody of consequence here in the next two weeks, or it's going to come down to to a game at Houston. How many times have we said that? Yes, at Houston or against Houston, uh, one of the teams they frequently play at the end of the season, and they've had some some clinching scenarios. Even last year against the Texans, even like the the Titans needed to win last year in Houston, and they did. It was Watson's final game as a Texan, and. He put on a show that day. Like it, it was a tight game. Was that the Slowman kick? I think so. That uh, Slowman hits a yeah hits a field goal, and the Titans end up winning the division. Uh, it came down to a game then, and it's trending towards that right now, based on the way the Titans are turning over the football at a high clip. I feel hopeless right now, and I'm going to give you three things they need to be thinking about. One of them is a fumble number that is not going to instill confidence in Titans fans. Coming up, we discussed the Tennessee Titans, and Paul has, has a scenario, and it's credit to Ricky and West End who pointed out that Miami can get in and the Titans could get out of the postseason, lose their way out. 
even if they won a game, Paul's got the scenario for us by winning a game. That game would be Houston, I believe, right? It's got to uh, be Houston. Yeah, I think so. Um, there, there's a scenario out there where the Titans could win two of their final three games. No, no one me, of their final one three. of their final three games and miss, and miss the postseason. Paul has that uh, scenario. And we'll also dissect where the Titans are right now going into their Thursday night matchup against San Francisco. And we'll give you a preview of what to expect from the 49ers as well. Who is this 49ers team that is playing some great football, getting some really solid quarterback play with their solid ground attack? That's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network rolls on. That includes Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals, Florence, Alabama, Huntsville. We say hello to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone there. And Fox Sports, Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee on the hill. And across the Upper Cumberland with Sports Radio 104.7. We appreciate everybody there in the Cookville, Crossville area for tuning in to 360 and uh, possibly even streaming us at SportsRadio1047.com. Titans injury front, uh, Jenkins, Saffold, Tart. Two days of full participation. These are walkthroughs, so don't get, you know, it's not a big physical test. But still, Julio Jones, Taylor Lewan, David Long, Laurel Murchison, not practicing. No Lewan. Lewan had like a heating pad or something on his lower back. And this is a back in the, injury. Okay, so okay. all over. Um, uh, he was struggling. He played through it. He limped pretty well it. coming you know, up to the, to the podium to talk after the game as well. That... That's one of those deals where it probably gets tight and worse on the flight home. Thinking about it, you know, like I'm, I'm sure he's got heating pads all over him. But Relatively short flight, that, fortunately. Yeah, that that can't be comfortable whatsoever because you're playing through it. You're kind of loose, and then you you know you cool off and you tighten up. Questenberry also on the, the report with a knee, but he's he was limited yesterday. Full today. Uh, Saffold. What did you, you say about Saffold? Saffold, full participant That's both good. days. That's good. With shoulder. But again, not not particularly physical. It's uh, no pace this week, pretty much. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Uh, tomorrow, the San Francisco 49ers will be traveling to Music City because they face the Titans at Nissan Stadium on Thursday night football. And right now, FanDuel has the 49ers, last I checked at least, and I'll check again, three and a half point favorites on the road on Thursday night football, which is rare. It's rare to find the the road favorite, especially if you're going from a coast to practically the opposite coast, which is very unusual in NFL scheduling. They try to avoid that. Couldn't do it this go around, I guess. Um, that's got to be tough on the 49ers. They're playing really good football, though. They're getting great quarterback play. They can run the football because they have a talented wide receiver who can do it all. And defensively, they are among the best at stopping the run. Their weakness may be throwing the football. A.J. Brown's back, so their weakness may be defending the pass, but they, they are excellent at stopping the run. And, Paul, you were telling me during the break, this is the wrong team for the fumbling Titans to face coming off a game where they turned it over at a high rate. Yeah, here are uh, my three things that they should be looking at this week. We've got a condensed week. San Francisco is number one in three fumble categories regarding their opponents forced fumbles 2.1 per game forced fumbles in the last three weeks not yet on this jacob 
Forced fumbles in the last three weeks, three a game. Forced fumbles in road games, 2.4 a game. Oof. Wrong team. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. If we used forced fumbles. You know, this could be drop the ball at my feet, which the Titans have been doing. Bobbled snap. As well. Muff punt. Um, all, all of those things. So uh, trouble area there. This, they're going to test the Titans. They have a, a skill here. Now, they've not recovered the most fumbles. Uh, Indianapolis Colts have. And the Titans, we should mention, in this 13 turnovers in their last three losses, they've fumbled the ball 14 times. Yeah, yeah. They've recovered seven of them. That's a great point. So they've been very fortunate, you could say, there uh, in, in recovering half of them. That's uh, a pretty good recovery rate. Um, two other things I'm conscious of. You mentioned Garoppolo before. Since Halloween, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, 107.4 passer rating, only two sacks, 9.02 yards per attempt, 13.08 yards per completion. Uh, those are large numbers. That's number one in the league. Large numbers. You've got to uh, hit them. You've got to get them off his rhythm. Titans pass, passing game, um, uh, pass defense has been able to do that some, um, and they need to do it more. And we hit on Debo Samuel. This guy's a nice wrinkle. I mentioned it with John McClain. Uh, Patterson is doing this in Atlanta. A receiver working out of the backfield. In the last four weeks, he's uh, got 35 touches for 320 yards, but 28 of those are carries. And he's got five touchdowns working out of the backfield. This is a new wrinkle that the Titans haven't seen and dealt with. And they're gonna, well, and they've been playing great run defense. This is something they I, haven't seen come out of the backfield. I, I agree, and I they need to watch out. And I'm not saying the Titans, the league needs to watch out about this guy because I think, I think the perception is, and I, I realize there are a lot of people watch the 49ers play football. I think the perception is on Debo, Debo Samuel that he's just this gadget guy, right? Uh, he was inserted into the lineup. And they're, they're getting the most out of him out of the backfield. He has like 268 yards rushing or something like that in recent weeks uh, because they're so banged up at the position. So it's out of necessity that they found a role for him there. But don't get it twisted. This dude is a playmaker. He's a 1,000-yard receiver He's this electric. season. He's electric. He's the only player in the NFL that has the stat line of 1,000 yards receiving and over 200 yards rushing. You're not going to find that anywhere else, uh, even from Tyreek Hill like on a you know jet sweep or handoff or whatever. Um, Debo Samuel's doing that. And the 1,000 yards, he's also, <laughs> the, his yards per catch are insane. He's a 1,000-yard he's receiver who's averaging nearly 18 yards per catch. I mean, so the big playability is there. That's what A.J. Brown did in his That's it. That, I mean, he's, he's the A.J. Brown for their offense. And, and anyone watching the Titans knows how important A.J. is to the entire offense. Uh, it's crucial that he's back this week. But you know, since week 10, San Francisco's averaging 145 rushing yards per game. So they've turned it up on the ground. Garoppolo's been extremely efficient with the run game behind him. Shanahan's done excellent work figuring out a way to get the run game and the ground attack going. And that's the, that 145 a game since week 10. And I realize you can make stats fit whatever narrative you want. That's good for fourth best in the league. So to me, they've turned it on at the right time uh, whenever they started this this win streak. It, it has fueled their success. Meanwhile, the Titans' run defense 
which is the best in the NFL, by the way, since week two. If you take out the Arizona game, and I realize that counts, but if you take out the massacre that happened on the Cumberland, um, you're left with a number one rush defense in the NFL since week two, and they're facing a team that's going to come in expecting to get about 150 on the ground. And then, oh, by the way, they play off of that. Jimmy Garoppolo, 12% of his pass attempts result in pass plays of 20 yards or more. That's the explosion element that the Titans don't have that the 49ers possess because they have Debo Samuel and Ayuk, and now George Kittle is back from injury. Uh, And and since he's returned, he has been a tear. He's been the best uh, tight end in the NFL, and that counts Kelsey. George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL right now. And, and it's because they've got the ground game going, and that has allowed them to open up everything. They, they, are, they, they can be deadly offensively. And I think, um, at least my, I'm basing it off on my perception of Garoppolo. I've, I've seen him play in person one time, and that was 2017, I believe. They just traded for him. And, yeah, we were out there. And the Titans were out there. It was the Titans the, disaster the Titans, West Coast trip. I think Dawson hit a field goal at the very end. His time expired, and the 49ers won. It's the last time the two teams played. But it was a very slow and plodding offense. And I've, you know, I've seen them on national TV, and I've, I've paid attention to them. But from afar, you think of Garoppolo as just like this, this guy that's about to be unseated by a rookie. And it's the opposite. He's kept the rookie seated because he's playing at such a high level right now. That game ended with uh, with a drawn up play in the dirt to uh, who was it on defense that was playing some offense for the Titans at that stage. It was a really bad ending. Oh, Adoree Jackson. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was that game. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he said he had just he not never practiced, practiced that it. play. That's right. Adoree said Robisky. he did not. He did not. It was Terry Robisky's uh, one of his. One of finest his games. finest moments. Those were the two games that really marked the end for Mike Malarkey, even though they bounced back and went to the AFC Championship game. Uh, let's continue briefly on San Francisco. Since week one, there's been a noticeable trend that's happened to their run defense. Um, it's been second best in the league behind the Titans. So you've got number one versus number two since, since week two uh, across the NFL. Uh, Tennessee allows just 63 yards per game rushing. And... The 49ers allow just 78. Um, and that's an important trend because through the first nine weeks of the season, they were allowing 132 yards per game. That was six worth in the NFL, and they've now averaged that out to become the second best. They've really improved in that area. And that coincides... And their defensive front is excellent. That coincides with their run game on offense, too. They, they've turned on both at, at the same time, and it is... To me, the clear, the clear and obvious key is which defense is going to stop the opposition's run game. The Titans have to run it. That is their identity and their staple. And I think for Garoppolo to be as effective as he's been in this stretch, they also must run the football Thursday night. But the 49ers are probably better equipped at surviving if they can't run as effectively as they like. Yeah. The Titans, unless... A.J. Brown really hits the ground running here, have shown us that they they can't find pass plays. They can't find pass plays even when they're running it, and so they're really going to struggle to find pass plays if they can't run it. And Nick Bosa, a week after the Titans really struggled, understandably, with T.J. Watt, 
uh, is going to look at that film and, and be licking his chops. Then if you've got Luan at less than 100%, um, you know, clearly they'll go after Questenberry first. But if you've got Questenberry plus a wounded Luan, not a good recipe. I Most of the time, if something's working, you don't, you know, go off kilter and do something different. Where, what is Dane Crookshank's status right now? I think he's playing and he's all right. Um, Am I wrong? Dane Crookshank played the game of his career. He's For those not familiar with the Titans, Crookshank is notoriously, he, he is a special teamer at heart. He's a special teams ace for this team. That's how they treat him. He's been on the roster as a special teams player. And he's spent his career he made being his, hurt. He made his first career start this year, which I believe is year four for him, maybe year five. Um, no, he's the same year as Evans and, and okay. uh, Landry. So, right? year, so year four. And Crookshank made his first career start against the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And he did an excellent job against Travis Kelsey. He did. That, that's what the Titans drew up. They put Crookshank because of injury on Travis Kelsey. And it worked. Do they go back to what he was starting worked? for Amani Hooker? He was starting for Amani Hooker, but again, like it, it worked against one of the top tight ends in the league, if not the best. They they held him in check. Do they go back to what worked against Kelsey and use that for Kittle, or do we see more of, you know, Amani Hooker or Byard? Because they had Byard available for that game in Kansas City or against Kansas City, and chose to go with Crookshank. That's a matchup I'm interested to see I'm what they do to see because too. it worked. I would imagine against, against Kelsey. I would imagine Byard, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think Hooker could keep up with him. Do or, you or Crookshank? I just can't see changing things up to put Crookshank into the lineup when he's yeah. when you're displacing a starter. You're playing Crookshank out of necessity, and the, he also that coincided with the game of his. Game of his life. I mean, he he was excellent. That defense is is playing well. Hooker's not doing anything to warrant demotion per se. No. I mean, they wouldn't hesitate to do it if they thought it was what was best. But I'd be surprised to see that. And I wonder. Cunningham played starter snaps. Uh, yeah, Jayon Brown's a bench player. Yeah, but Jayon Brown's the best coverage backer. Um, and so how does that change that's a great point with with uh, <laughs> with a tight end that's such a weapon and David Long's not close to coming back right David Long hasn't practiced this that's who week. they need back uh, if you're looking for a coverage guy because he's the better version of Jayon Brown Jayon Brown was unseated by David Long yes earlier this year and now they're willing to start Zach Cunningham immediately that tells you how they feel about him they started yes immediately but I mean, they had Cunningham and Evans in base against Pittsburgh. Friermuth is is challenging, but Pittsburgh's not a downfield team. So I wonder, can you be Evans and Cunningham in base against this team, which is more challenging in the passing game? I, I wonder. I, I, I don't know. We didn't see Cunningham in this game have to turn and run a lot. I think he's more athletic than Evans and better in space, but we didn't get to see it much. No. He was coming forward mostly. We'll, we'll see it more in this game, and it'll be a big test for him or and for Jayon when he's on the field. Jayon was the singular inside linebacker in nickel um, in this game, so Cunningham and Evans were both going off. We'll see if that's what they are now or if they're 
game to game with what they do with their inside backers. And obviously, like you said, getting David Long back would be big for them to be able to do that, but it's not going to happen this week. Paul, this week, the Titans feel a little heat, maybe a lot of heat, I don't know, uh, from from Indianapolis, who continues to win. They're they're on the road Saturday on Christmas Day against Arizona, but they will know the result. Titans go first this week. Right. And uh, Indy went first last week. But the Titans have the tiebreaker because they've they've won t- two games against the Colts. But at the clip the Titans are on versus the trend that we're see- seeing from Indianapolis, Indy's winning. The Titans are losing three or four. And they're turning it over at a rate that makes it very difficult to win games in this league. So the question is, what's the scenario when it just looked like everything was just rolled out on a red carpet to the postseason whenever the Titans won their second game over the Colts, what's the scenario that could actually keep the Titans out of the playoffs if they, let's say they win a game. There's a scenario out there where they win one of their final three games um, and and they could actually still miss the postseason based on other results. I should have done a better job to count this and see if this is 10 games or if it included the Colts and it's 13 games. Here's what has to happen. Um, the yellow box is the winner. We'll talk you through this on radio. So week 16 this week, San Francisco beats the Titans. The Colts beat the Cardinals. And here, here you have Chargers beat the Texans. Bills beat the Patriots. Miami beats the Saints. You'll notice the trend here. These are three of the key teams. Chargers, Bills, and Char- uh, and and Dolphins. Okay, so let's let's explain why. Because all three currently are wild card, wild card teams, or they are wild card contenders. And by Miami winning, if Miami wins out, they'll get the ten wins. And there's a high probability that they could be the final wild card team. Buffalo, by virtue of beating uh, the Patriots head to head in Week 16, they would have an opportunity and a clear path to win the division bumping the Patriots down instead of the Buffalo falling out with losses, they would just switch spots and and New England would be a wild card team. So that's in this scenario that we're looking at. We're looking at two of the three. And then the Chargers, if they continue to play at their pace, they're also going to end up being a wild card team. These are all viable, I'd say, this week. Let's go to week 17. So uh, this is only four games. Colts beat Las Vegas. Patriots beat the Jaguars. Very easy. Yeah, and the Patriots here. need to. That, that would be the wild card team, one of them in the AFC. Dolphins beat the Titans. That's a massive game for Miami and for Tennessee in this scenario. Chargers beat the Broncos. That's a lot of uh, home teams. Also, Miami, the only road team in those four games. Chargers so keep picking giving, up AFC wins. You're giving Miami a second win. You're giving the Chargers a second win. The Bills are uninvolved this week. And the Patriots now are uh, a loss and a win. So then, that's week 17. And then the uh, the first ever week 18 across the NFL. Week 18, a little bit more complicated. You need the Bills. I'm saying you need. Obviously, Titans fans are rooting against this scenario. Uh, Bills would beat the Jets. Bengals would beat the Browns. Titans beating the the Texans. This is us giving the Titans a win. This is the Titans getting their one win. The Colts beating the Jaguars. The Dolphins beating the Patriots. So and, that's and they've done three, that once already this year. Three wins in a row for Miami. This is Kansas City beating Denver. And this is the Chargers beating 
uh, Las Vegas. So this is the Chargers winning three, the Bills winning two, Miami winning three, and the Patriots winning. Uh, the Patriots have a win on here, or they don't count on here? Oh, um, the Patriots actually losing two they, out of three. Yes. Yep. If all of this happens, the Titans are out of the playoffs. That's crazy. And that's with them getting a win. Yeah. They don't even have to lose out in this scenario. Just, uh, it's, and none of this is unfathomable. And I, this is, I mean, I played with, you know, I love this New York Times playoff machine. Um, so I just played through the scenarios. You know, as you hit buttons, it then shows you in red and blue what the games of most importance are. And as you hit them, you see the percentage change. And then you hit another one and the percentage change. And I just kept playing with, you know, I put in the, the win and the two losses for the Titans, the three wins for the Colts. Then it tells you what games are important, and I just kept playing with them. Then I would turn one off. Is this one that important? And see if it changed. I found a couple that I could turn off that turned out not to be that important. But long story short, there's a scenario where they could go one and two. I mean, as badly as they're playing, this is what we're looking at. If they continue to play this badly, can they wind up out of the playoffs? Yeah, they could win one of three the one winnable, most winnable game left on their schedule. The Colts could win out, and other things could happen around them that would keep them. And they would, they would end up in this scenario losing five of their last seven games. And pitchforks and torches would be out on the and, Nashville and look, sky. I, I think so. And then, you know, the, the excuse makers would be pointing to the injuries and, you know, the like with, with just trying to battle injuries across the board. You'd hear, and the uh, all-time record of 82-plus players on the roster – well, I mean, if this if this actually were to happen, it would be more about the turnovers than the injuries because they've actually been running they, in their two losses, most recent losses with New England and and Pittsburgh. They ran for a combined four hundred seventy yards. Yeah, thing is though, I could see them losing, uh, fixing the turnover thing, playing even or minus one against teams like. San Francisco and Miami and losing those games. I, I don't think those need to be gift wrapped the way Houston was gift wrapped and the way Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was gift wrapped because San Francisco for sure is better than those teams. San Francisco can yes, beat you head up. Yes, they are. Right. Miami, I'm not so sure, but Miami's better than Pittsburgh and definitely better than Houston. Miami's defense is legit. And, you know, they, 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 the, their one flaw is they can't run the foot. They have a terrible run game. And then two is throwing everything short. Everything's within a – it's very similar to the to Titans Pittsburgh. offense. Uh, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. even a better example. Uh, they're not throwing anything deep. Um, and it's the Titans offense minus the Titans run game right now. But you don't have to turn it over four times against these teams to lose. You right, could, You right. could maybe turn it over, you know, lose minus one in the turnover battle and lose or play square and lose. Um you know, they don't have to play as badly as they've played in these three losses to lose games. I think that's important to note. Doing what they're doing on offense, um, unless they start taking the ball away much more on defense, they could lose the next two games just kind of playing straight up. I'm not saying get blown out. I'm saying they could lose 2019, uh, you know, lose 26-20. Yeah, you still have to send Randy Bullock out there to make a kick. You know, uh, <laughs> they're in trouble right now, and they need something to turn the tide. They need a win on Thursday night. 
just get back on track, back in rhythm, and just hang on to the football. We'll discuss that and the messaging with that when we come back, as well as take a quick look and a glance at tonight's NFL games and our picks for the two games on tap. This is Outkick 360. I don't think this is in Vrabel's nature, but I do have a scenario to throw out to Paul to see if he catches the vibe I'm going for here. Outkick 360 uh, from Six of the Peabody. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We've got the uh, holiday festivities here at Old Smoky, and you've got the uh, eggnog, which they call, I always get this wrong, the shine nog. I, always I think you say should open that and just drink nog it, shine it, for some reason. Pour over your face and down your uh, shirt. Shine nog. Um, I'm told is is legit, and I'm sure Withrow cannot Withrow wait to try that. this. Maybe he took some to Nebraska with him. Um, so they have been. I, I mentioned earlier this week uh, that the the weekly, um, daily message from Vrabel. He preaches, "Hang on to the football." They're stressing this. I, I know that uh, Downing was saying that that they practice ball protection, you know, all the time, all the time. all the time. They stress it. Players will tell you that too. Is this a week or a short week where maybe once you don't even mention turnovers? Because they have been horrible at this, not the coaches, the players, and hanging on to the football to where now it's all we're talking about. It is the narrative of their season right now. And if they just protect the football, they're going to win the division. So... To me, I wouldn't harp on it as much and just let it play out because harping on it isn't working. I, I, I understand you want to practice it, continue to practice it, but there's no need to stress the turnover ratio if it's not doing you any good on Sundays or, in this case, Thursday night. It's an interesting idea. Um, I can't see him not talking about it at all because they're very much, uh, if we do X, Y, and Z, we right, win. Right, yeah. And, and I, so one of those things is going to be we gotta we gotta protect. It's it. like a game maxim. Yeah, but I I can see them backing off maybe the the hammering at home thing, but I could also go see him going in there and saying what the hell like I mean this is kind of what I wrote on Sunday from the press box at Heinz Field, like what the hell yeah you're harping on it for three games and uh, clearly the message isn't getting through. So what are, are we dumb? Are are we incapable? Are, are these teams this much better than us? Like, let's tick off the possibilities here because it's ridiculous. But I, I also think at some point I don't it, know just, how to it just it. stops. It's almost like turnovers on the reverse. We get sick of teams uh, saying that they come in bunches when you're not getting them. I do think it's well, – Sunday uh, definitely happened it, that it, way. It's kind of an aberration where the faucet just turns on, and I think the faucet will at some point turn off. Uh but like we just said, I don't think that that means that they they win. Uh, they have other issues. I mean, this is the main issue that needs to be addressed that gets them back into a place where they can win. But then they have to do what? They have to find chunk plays. They have to score touchdowns instead of field goals. They have to get a takeaway themselves. They have to, you know, there are a lot of other things that they have to do too against a quality team like San Francisco that once upon a time looked like a good opponent to have late in the season, and right now doesn't look like that at all. I think it'd be hard not to mention it this week based on those fumble stats that I listed I know, earlier, I know, where with this defense. They've got 2.1 fumbles a game against them. Uh, kickoff across the NFL coming up in an hour. 
Uh, Paul, let's quickly do a two-game parlay right here on my account. We've got Washington plus 9.5, uh, Philly giving 9.5, and, and we have uh, Seattle and the Rams, Rams favored by 7. How should we play this tonight uh, on FanDuel? I'm all in on the Rams. All right, Rams I, I minus like 7. Seattle at all. Now, my parlay that came apart last night, my eight-game parlay, uh, I was condemned in my house for having taken Washington. So uh, for the sake of my household, I would lean Philadelphia. All right, we're taking Philly because they have Jalen Hurts and Washington has Garrett Gilbert. Uh, we're going to lay the 9.5, believe it or not. And then we have the Rams minus 7. Enjoy the games tonight. Tuesday night football. We'll recap it tomorrow, plus primary complaint. Bobby Carpenter and plenty of NFL talk on Outkick 360. In the meantime, be sure to lock your locks and don't block the box.